gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome back to the Hop Nation USA podcast. Today is great, and you're here for episode 8. Did you guys like that rhyme? No. I got it. No, you didn't like no. it? All right, whatever. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like to try a little something new on the intro, so that's what I was throwing out there for today. But anyhow, I am Sam, one of your esteemed hosts, and with me as always are Steve and Adam. To my right is Steve. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great. Are get you? It, get it? Because I was doing, you know, great. Because it's episode eight. Right. Ah, see, yeah, I, yeah. Got, I got it when you said it. Yeah, see? Adam, you great? I'm, I'm pretty good. I do have a question. How do we become esteemed? How do we become esteemed hosts? I didn't sign any paperwork. You got to feel good about yourself. I, I do mean, feel pretty good about myself. Well, then you're esteemed. You're damn right. And what's not to it's be esteemed thing. at this point? I mean, yeah. we've recorded and released seven episodes. We're on eight. We, we are on eight. no plans of slowing down anytime I, soon. I so. feel that is a good enough reason to be esteemed. This is an esteemed podcast, plus we just got business cards, so... That is true. I feel esteemed now that we have the, the business cards in hand. Yeah. They look fantastic. We're esteemed and official. We're, we're on episode eight, and we're in a great state. The state of Pennsylvania, or like a Pennsylvania state of doesn't rhyme with eight. <laughs> and th- did you know it's actually not a state; it's Commonwealth. Oh god! Oh man! Yeah, you're getting history up in this piece. It's time to drink a little beer here. Should we just jump right in? Should we get number one up and running? Yeah, I think we should. But before we do, let's uh, let's tell the audience what our beer theme of the day is going to be. And as most of you know, last Friday was a pretty big day for 2017, and of course. That was the day that the new Fast and the Furious movie was released called The Fate of the Furious. And that is going to be an overarching theme of today's episode. So we thought that we would have Fast and Furious beers. So if I'm not mistaken, that is the eighth movie in the series? That's right, it is the eighth. And this is the eighth episode of this podcast? Right. That can't be a coincidence. I would say it's more like fate. Ah! But not F-A-T-E. I'm talking F plus eight. the letter eight. All right, so we're going to be drinking Fast and Furious beers today. So, Adam, why don't you introduce our first beer? Well, the first beer we're going to be drinking is from the good people of Breckenridge Brewery. They're out of Colorado, of course. Uh, If you've drank beer before, you know the good people of Breckenridge Brewing. And what we're going to be drinking today is the 72 Imperial. It is a chocolate cream stout. Uh, The reason that we are involving this beer into today's podcast with today's theme is the 72 imperial is in fact named after a 1972 chrysler imperial which is one of the largest american cars ever made which how I big find. was it you want to know how big it was it was over 18 feet long oh jesus yeah that's over six yards <laughs> <There's> both, <laughs> there are boats smaller than that. i know <laughs> i oh, know man. this thing is a land yacht oh yeah yeah so we could actually record a podcast at a 72 Impala. <laughs> we could stretch out and we could all sleep in a 1972 Impala. Oh, Imperial. Man. Did I say it? Because he said Impala. Oh, I said Impala. I'm not really a car guy, so sometimes I... <laughs> ah, you got gotcha. You got me. You got right, 72 Imperial. 72 yeah, Imperial. Chrysler, yes. The yeah, Impala yeah. is a Chevrolet. Ah. I'm going to start geeking out here in a minute, so let's get to the beers. Yes, let's You get, will let's have get plenty of time to geek out over the cars later in the episode. I'm hoping so. It's going to be a lot of car talk today. Yeah. But first, let's get some beer in us. So, in a previous episode for uh, St. Patty's Day, we did a Breckenridge beer. We did the Dry Irish Stout. That's right. And that, that that was surprisingly good for us. We all enjoyed that yeah. very much. I'm looking forward to seeing what this is going to be. Now, if I remember correctly, that was... 
all of us w- w- uh, collectively agreed that that was our favorite beer of the a- episode. Yeah, that was our favorite beer of episode four. We even said that we would all choose that one over a Guinness. Yeah, absolutely, because it was on Nitro, Yeah, which was good. So I'm very excited to see what Breckenridge has to offer with their 72 Imperial, because for me, I know that I have not had this beer before. Uh, nor have I, so I'm quite curious to see how it turns out. A New little, for me, too. A little bit of stats for you guys. This has an IBU of 11, a grand total of 11, so this is uh, looking better and better to me. Uh, it uses a little bit of the Fuggle hops, one of my personal favorite hops, as previously discussed yeah. in one of our episodes. Last episode, we went over how you like to brew with Fuggle, and I brew with Willamette. So. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> Fuggle is the best. Uh, anybody want to guess what the uh, ABV is on this thing? Um... I'm not getting a boozy nose off it right quick. I'm going to guess 7.5. Sam? I'm going to say 5.5. You went 7.5? Yeah. On the 72 Imperial. Yo, 72. Son of a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> wow, if we just could use our brains today, we could easily figure that out. It is a 7.2% beer. Let's take a smell. Let's, let's take a look first. Yeah. Uh, this is a nice and dark beer, which you would expect with a stout. The head, uh, a nice creamy, um, light tan. Yeah, it's a really light tan. Good lacing when it uh, comes off the glass. And good head retention mm-hmm. for, what, um, for what little it boils down to. Yeah, it looks very clear if you it look really into is, it or yeah. look into it in the light. There's no sediment or anything no. like that. It's a very clear, crisp beer. Yeah, you can you can see to the other, uh, other side of it. It's not the darkest beer. No, it's not a black hole. It's got a nice chocolate nose. I can definitely smell the chocolate on it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that comes through right off the bat. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna drink it. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Well, that's pretty smooth. It is pretty smooth. Kind of tastes like a velvety chocolate cake to me. Which, is, uh, in my estimation, is a pretty good combination. But like a milk chocolate, not necessarily a dark chocolate. Low on no, the yeah, No, I'm not getting a dark chocolate out of this. I am getting that smooth velvet mm-hmm. taste. Yeah. Of it, yeah. It is creamy, as the name implies, a chocolate cream stout. So, so I wonder what it would uh, what it would be like if it was on nitro. It seems like everything that I have that is a porter stout, I want to put on nitro. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those fun things you want to try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put any beer on nitro. Yeah, I, I've had some pretty good uh, IPAs on nitro, mm-hmm. double IPAs. Put, yeah, just put it. This is America, damn it. We can put anything on nitro. That's right. So you know, after a couple sips of this beer, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's it's very smooth. It's not too heavy. No. And it does provide a nice aftertaste, kind of like if I just bit into a nice piece of milk chocolate where that uh, that taste kind of lingers in the back of your throat. It's not bad. So you say that this isn't a heavy tasting beer, which is a bit ironic because guess how much a 72 Imperial weighs? Well, if it's six yards long, I'm going to say it's probably about 75 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is 72, not a, 72 pounds, I'm sorry. Sam is not a car guy. Um... <laughs> All right, so we're probably talking. It's old American steel. Too. Oh yeah, baby. Ah, uh, thirty-five hundred, five thousand. Son of a bitch. <laughs> five thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds. Five, two and a half tons of all American steel. Oh wow. Rolling out of Detroit, Michigan. No one died in one of those. No, no, from because an <laughs> because your front bumper and your rear bumper were different zip codes at all times. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Yeah. There was uh, a, an accident up there somewhere. I'll figure it out when I get out. An entire other car could go through your front end, and then it would just be part of your car. Yeah. <laughs> People better just clear a path when you see that thing coming through. So yeah, that's the kind of car that you put out on I-80. You set the cruise at 75, 
and you just watch the gas needle just go to E. <laughs> you can watch it move, and you don't care because you're so comfortable because it's got such a long wheelbase on it. Yeah, what it gets? 17 highway, 12 in the city? <laughs> Maybe. If that, yeah. Maybe. And this thing probably is worse than a, a 90s minivan. Oh, yeah. Oh, you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Well, it's probably a smooth ride, if nothing else, which is... Which is good, because it's a smooth beer. Yeah, beer. yeah. yeah you're not going to feel anything you hit, so that's <laughs> where the smooth ride comes from. <laughs> exactly. So I would bet I would drive a 72 Imperial. Oh, yeah, I would too. I would drive the yeah. shit out of one. And if you guys both had them, then maybe you could just let me take it for a little test drive. Oh, yeah, no, we'd let you drive it, because we wouldn't be afraid of you wrecking it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I did, we'd only have to worry about the other person's right. car. Right. <laughs> You pay for the other damage. Yeah, we just, don't care. Just bang the dent out. It'll be fine. Oh, that's great. So you guys uh, have anything non-car related? Any news and notes you guys want to talk about? Well, uh, on top of the Fate of the Furious coming out last Friday. Ain't Fast Which furious. was the big one. Which was the big one. Uh, something else came out. Well, rather opened the Cobble House down in Coriopolis. Yes, they finally opened last Friday. Brand new brewery to Pittsburgh. Now so, I wonder if they timed their opening with the release of the Fate and the Fate, the Fate of the Furious, so that people could go see the movie and then come there afterwards for a few beers. If they were smart, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are smart. We know they're smart. <laughs> their whole theme is old style, old world, old world with a new twist. That's right. Like the Imperial Shadow, which, by the way, they have on tap. Right. Yeah. I was and looking then, at I was looking at what they have on tap so far. As was I, and, and I think that one is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm excited for that one and the uh, the because that's a imperial stout that's about eight five percent. It is, yeah. Yeah, and then and they, uh, uh, they say it is pitch black. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely excited to get to that one. And they have the Raising Phoenix, which is a Belgian. It is, yeah, and that's a, that's another big hitter up around eight eight point two percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to getting down there and trying some of those beers. I mean, that's that's Coriopolis's first brewery, which mm-hmm. is very exciting because I feel like that's one of those towns that it was thriving at one point and then it kind of became a little run down, but now they're really trying to revamp a little bit, so it's very exciting to see. Yeah. And I have a history to Coriopolis because that is where my dad grew up. Oh. So I'm very familiar with the Coriopolis area and I look forward to getting down there and enjoying a nice pint. I'm just, I'm just happy that the west end of Pittsburgh is getting some more breweries because I know the east end and the south side of town has definitely gotten gotten yeah, the yeah. majority of of They've the gotten the majority of the work, but now it's starting to spread it's out. Time, yeah. It's time to come west where yeah. I live so I don't have to drive 45 <laughs> minutes and have somebody drive me home. Yeah, you basically just got a brand new brewery for yourself to go down to. <laughs> that might just become my local bar. They don't have food at the moment, but they're saying they're looking to pair with local restaurants to kind of get some food in there. Mm-hmm. If I can throw out a suggestion. Oh, I... You, I think you, you know what's coming. We both yeah, know what, yeah, I think no. we all know what's coming, but uh, Big Shot Bob's. Big Shot Bob's. That's pretty much right down the street. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I just walked in there with two dozen wings and gave six wings to the bartender if they'd care. Well, I mean, at oh, this I'm point, sure you could bring your own food. Yeah, at this point, you could just bring your own, I'm sure. I, I think I'm going to do that. I might butter up the bartender that way and give him a... A little basket of wings. Don't think you need to butter them up. I think you can just do it. <laughs> I mean, you're patronizing his establishment. Yeah, that's buying true. his beer, so that he's going to be happy. Yeah, they're not offering food. They're offering to bring in local food, though. So, I mean, they're, they'll be okay with it. I know I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah, uh, I believe you and I will be down there later tonight. Yes, and absolutely. We should probably stop at Big Shot Bob's. Beforehand? <laughs> yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Pick uh, up the wings on the way. We got, yeah, we got to call that order in. But. I'm definitely making some phone calls right yeah, after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, speaking of, of breweries that we, we mentioned that the East is kind of over, not oversaturated, but there's quite a few breweries out East. Mm-hmm. There's actually going to be a brand new one next Friday. So one week from today, Couch Brewery. And that would be Friday the 28th? 29th. 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 Oh, or I'm day. sorry, Saturday the 29th. Saturday oh, the 29th. Okay. Saturday the 29th. I misspoke. So their grand opening is Saturday the 29th, and they are going to be out in the East End, not far from the East End Brewery. So oh, there's cool. going to be another one. And, and I have to say, I don't know too much about Couch. I've not had any of their beers before. Nor I don't I. recall yeah. seeing them at any beer fests. But I'm very excited to go and, and go and check them out because... I'm sure it's a cool spot. Yeah, why why, why not? go check them out? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's very exciting for them. So, you know, in April, we now have two more breweries to add to our collection here in Pittsburgh. So that's very exciting. Yeah. With more to come. Yeah, even mm-hmm. down the road, um, 11th hour, they're supposed to be opening this summer. Good. So, that's another one. It's good to kind of meet these things, you know, just kind of meter these things out, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't have too many breweries opening up at once. Right. I can only get so excited. <laughs> You know, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't peg the meter. I can direct, I can direct my excitement. Don't make me choose. Don't yeah. make me choose. Yeah, don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> right, because you, you want to also space it out a little bit. Like, I kind of pride myself on being able to tell someone that I've been to every brewery in Pittsburgh. Right, right. And now they're opening so quick, <laughs> I no longer have been to every brewery in Pittsburgh. And that makes me sad. So yeah. now I just have to go and drink more beer at those places. Oh, such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So, yeah, you have Cobble House, which is now open. That opened last Friday. And you have Couch, which is going to be opening on the 29th. So, very exciting stuff. Also good for them, too, because they're opening within days of Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. Yeah, exactly. The 29th will still be within Craft Beer Week. So, And Cobble House just got open in time for it, so... That's good business for both of them. Very good business. So let's talk about Craft Beer Week a little bit more. We did a large segment on the podcast last week, so we don't want to continue to talk about it too, too much. But one thing we mentioned last week on the podcast was that one of the things that we typically enjoy about Craft Beer Week is the collaboration beers. I don't know if every city gets that, if they all get collaboration beers, but I think we're very spoiled that we do. And, and we get quite a few. We were able to find a list of all of the collaboration beers that are going to be featured this year during Craft Beer Week, and we wanted to share those with you so that if you're out and about during Craft Beer Week and you're at a bar and they offer some of the collaboration beers, you kind of know what you're getting into ahead of time. So I'm going to run down the list real quick here, and we'll, uh, we'll share, share the information that we have with you. The first collaboration beer that we have is from East End Brewing Company, 11th Hour Brewing Company, who you just heard Steve mention, and Reclamation Brewing, which is out of Butler, Pennsylvania. And they are brewing the Double Goza 7. And this tangy goza, as they claim, was named after the 007 in the hops. I'm not 100% sure what that means, but it's a sour goza. It comes in at about 5.8%, and the IBUs are about 15. Um, I believe the 007 references a hop that's called the Idaho 7. Okay. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's in another beer, another collaboration beer. Very mm. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, when you get to that other collaboration beer, it'll... But I think, I, I guess they maybe ordered just, like, some 007 hops or whatever. They just brought a big old sack down to the point, and they just distributed them out to everybody? Yeah. I assume it comes from Idaho because it's called the Idaho 007, but I've never heard of it before. I don't know its kind of characteristics. Being as as used in uh, a Goza, and I believe the the other beer it's used in is a farmhouse, I'm assuming. Was that the uh, the Grisette? No. No. Sam has the information. Regardless, one thing we definitely know about this beer is that it is shaken, not stirred. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you went with? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. The next collaboration beer on our list is the Dr. Yeast Love. 
And it sounds like it could be a bit of a James Bond villain, if you will. And this beer is from Helicon Brewing Company, Grist House, and Bloom Brew, which is a brewery out of West Newton, PA. You're, you're not a Stanley Kubrick fan, are you? Uh, not really. I do like The Shining. Because I believe they're, they're going for a Doctor Strange love. Do you not remember Slim Pickens riding down on the... Well, no, he bomb? didn't see it, so how nope. is he supposed That's to remember? That's a classic piece of Americana. Well, this classic piece of Americana, this Dr. Yeast Love, actually has the Idaho 007 hops in it that Steve mentioned in the previous beer we were reviewing. So this will actually give it a fruity, floral-type wheat beer flavor. So I guess that's what those hops are, are known for. So Dr. Yeast Love, character in a James Bond film. That's, <laughs> I'm, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. This one comes in at about 6.2%. Uh, with uh, 65 IBUs, so it's going to be a little bit hoppier mm. uh, than the double goes at seven. Now, next up, we have the Counter Weizen, which is a Weizenbach beer from Mindful Brewing Company and Spoonwood Brewing Company, so two brewers out of the South Hills. So the Counter Weizen is going to be a German-style wheat with a touch of American hops added into it, so an interesting take on the style. And that comes in also at about 6.5%, with the IBUs at about 40 Okay, so that, that'll be a pretty even drinker, it sounds like. That sounds like something I might uh, have to go find. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you're going to be able to find all I, of these. I know where I can find it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Next, we have the Men at Works, which is the Church Brew Works and Butler Brew Works breweries. Did and they, Did they come from a land down under? I, mm. I think that they did. <laughs> and they are collaborating on a grisette style, which is kind of a refreshing, kind of malted style of beer. Uh, somewhat similar to a Saison. Uh, it's going to be a little bit lighter. It has an ABV of about 4.8. Uh, very low IBUs at only 18, so it's not going to be very hoppy at all, but oh, might wow. have a nice, you know, soury saison taste to it. Yeah, see, I wonder if they used any kind of hops from, like, New Zealand or Australia. How awesome would that be? I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense. It makes sense in the title, if yeah. you're going to go that way. Now, here's an interesting one for the next collaboration beer. We have one called the Buzzerker, and this is from Rivertown Brewing Company. And Kingview Mead. I'm looking forward to so this. So a collaboration one between about. a brewery and a meadery, which is going to be very exciting. And this actually comes in at about 10% ABV. So this one's this one's pretty big, but it's uh, actually a Finnish style of beer, and it's made with juniper berries and local honey from Kingview itself. So should be very interesting. Yeah, that one I'm pretty hype about. I and I don't usually get hype about Rivertown beers because I'm not a fan. Per but, se. But that one sounds cool. That It sounds really different. It sounds like they're definitely going way out of their uh, comfort space. So I, I, want, I want to have that one. They're going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> adventure. Next we have the Vuzzum from Rock Bottom Brewery and Yellowbridge Brewing, which is a brewery out of Delmont, PA. And they're brewing a farmhouse-style ale, or a saison, one might say. And this is actually going to be made with a Norwegian East which adds some notes of orange uh, to the beer. So it's going to be kind of a Norwegian farmhouse Saison style beer. So can't say I've ever had anything like that before, so I'm kind of excited for this one. Yeah, that one sounded interesting too, the fact that I'm assuming they had to import a yeast specifically for this beer. <laughs> right, exactly. And I really am a big fan of Yellowbridge Brewing. I've actually been out to that brewery in Delmont. And they brew some very interesting, very experimental type stuff that's very, very tasty. So this beer comes in at about 6.6% with IBUs of 25. Next up, uh, we have the Seth Roggenbeer from Penn Brewery and Allegheny City, City Brewery. Oh, I, I, I get it. 
Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's Seth uh, Rogen uh, beer. Uh, <laughs> is that how it's pronounced? Rogen beer? Rogen beer? Well, I mean, it's Seth Rogen. Yeah, Rogen. It's so, Seth Rogen. Yeah, so yeah, I'm guessing that. it's Seth Rogen beer, maybe. I don't know. So this is going to be a German-style rye that is fermented with Bavarian Weizen yeast. All right, and lastly, we have the Tina from North Country Brewing and Shoe Brew. So some northern breweries. Tina. I'm hoping that's a Napoleon Dynamite reference. I'm assuming it is. I was hoping it was Bob's Burgers. Oh. Uh, Let's go yeah. with both. Maybe it's a maybe it's a collaboration of quotes from Bob's Burgers and Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Napoleon Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be a sour ale coming in at 4.7% uh, ABV. And what's interesting about this, of all the beers that we just talked about, this one actually is going to be the most bitter. It comes in at 95 IBUs. Huh. So saying that looks like well, that's going right to the top of your list. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for a number of these beers, but what's interesting is that there really aren't any types of stouts, no porters, yeah, no, no IPAs, nothing like that, which makes you happy, I'm sure, Adam. Well, on the IPA front, yes, the stouts and porters, I can understand that. Uh, we're finally getting out of the winter season. It's time to get away from the stouts and the porters. It's time to get outside and drinking again. Yeah. So I can understand the direction that the collaborators went with. I get that it's all in season, but at the same time, I feel like if you're going to collaborate, maybe try to go for the best thing you can. But I feel like you should just do whatever you want for a Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. Well, maybe and maybe they, they have. And yeah, maybe, I think that's what they did. Yeah. yeah, maybe they have. It just happens that they're all within season, too. Hey, all these collaborators own uh, very successful breweries here in the Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, we do not. So they're all. Who are we to judge? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not. I'm not saying these beers are bad, and I'm not saying they're making bad choices. I'm just saying if you want to make a stout or a porter, you know, go for it. Not hating, just yeah. saying. Yeah. Regardless, I'm excited to get out there starting on Friday and just seeing how many of these beers I can hunt down and actually sample because. Yeah. You know, there's some interesting styles here and some styles that I you don't see a lot, some styles that aren't very common, right. especially in the rotation of beers from some of these breweries. So that makes me pretty excited. Yeah, I think that's what's more exciting is that even though they're not stouts and porters, you get some really, you just mentioned some really off-the-wall stuff. Yeah. As far as Norwegian yeasts and brewing in a Finnish style to create a mead beer combination. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. You cannot argue the creativity with No, with absolutely like not. You could go to Spoonwood or Grist House and get a great IPA any day of the week. Yeah. But, you know, a, a Grisette or a Norwegian farmhouse ale? Probably not. No, so no. That's very cool. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that. So let's get back to our first Fast and Furious beer of the day, the 72 Imperial. So this is big and this is smooth. What do you guys think now that we've had a chance to consume it? I'm digging on it. I like it. I don't know that I put it necessarily in, like, my top ten all-time you know, chocolate stouts or anything like that, but it's a really good, easy drinker. It definitely comes through with that chocolate flavor. Yeah, I agree. I, I enjoyed drinking this beer, and one of the things that I particularly liked about it was the fact that the chocolate flavor was there, but it wasn't overpowering. I'm not a huge fan of chocolate beers. I, I like the chocolate flavor, but I don't want to feel like I'm drinking Hershey's syrup. Yeah. You know, with, with beer mixed in or with some type of booze mixed in. And there's beers out there that definitely are much more are much stronger, much richer in the chocolate realm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I like about this one. I could taste the chocolate, but it's not overpowering. So I'm enjoying it. I agree. This is definitely a good beer. Uh, the chocolate complements. It does not drive, no pun intended, the, the flavor of <laughs> No, no, beer. we can do puns all day oh, now. Oh, we can? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys puns don't are know, punny. <laughs> you don't know what you're in for now Car that you open that gate. Yeah, no, car puns are on the docket today. Mm. Not next episode. 
but today they're fine. Damn it, I gotta get them all out today? <laughs> yeah. Fine. Anyway, as you were saying, it doesn't drive the... <laughs> it does not drive the taste. Uh, it does complement it. It is, a, it is a good stout. I don't know if it's the best stout I've ever had, but I do I do enjoy it immensely. Yeah. All 5,000 pounds worth of it. <laughs> awesome. So that's Fast and Furious beer number one. Stay tuned for more Hop Nation. We're coming right back at you, and we got some good, good talk coming up. So stay tuned. our way back into segment two of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Oh boy. And I am so excited to talk about this next next topic. And I'm sure people are probably guessing what it is, and I'm just going to throw it out there. The three of us had the opportunity to see the new Fast and the Furious movie this week. I wouldn't say an opportunity. I would say the distinct pleasure. Distinct pleasure? Seeing yeah. this movie. Yeah, it was a pleasure seeing it. Who boy. Uh, for many reasons, but we'll get into <laughs> we'll get it. Into yeah. that. We'll get into it. We'll let's do our second beer first. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get say, into let's, the alcohol. We got to get the second beer out of the way. Pour this thing up so we can get in to talk about this movie because there's a lot to talk about. Steve, yes, what, there is. What are we drinking for segment two? Well, what I've got here is the Rusty Rail Snowflyer, and it is a porter from Rusty Rail. The reason why I picked this, though, is because on the label, we have a Ford Model T that's been outfitted with snow runners and treads, essentially making it a snowmobile. And on the label, we have it. just a little quick story about Virgil D. White, who perfected the Model T Snow Flyer, which is what it's called when they convert this thing. So that's the actual name of a, a conversion like that, a snow flyer. Yeah, it's I called a snow flyer. That. Yep. Wow, that's cool. And it's essentially the world's first snowmobile. That's awesome. Yeah. The reason why I picked this is pretty obvious. If you've seen the even the trailers of Fate of the Furious, it's full of running around on ice, <laughs> snowmobile chases, car chases, they shamefully, submarine chase. They, they shamefully <laughs> stole it from James Bond. Let's get into this and see if it uh, matches our expectations of the movie. <laughs> oh, I don't think it can meet any of those expectations. Yeah, it's not even going to be close. If you're comparing this beer to the Fate of the Furious... This beer is going to lose out every time. And I don't—I haven't even tried it yet. I've never had this beer before. And I don't know that this beer has ever made half a billion dollars. In one weekend. In one weekend on like eight Fast, eight Furious. Did you guys hear that that was the highest grossing movie for like a full international take in its first weekend? That is ridiculous. It broke, it broke the record, which was held by Star Wars The Force Awakens. It made like $531 million worldwide in its first weekend. Jesus. How is that possible? I think Star Wars made $528 million in its first wow. weekend. Wow. I can tell you how it's possible, and this isn't a racist thing, but <laughs> it's the Chinese. <laughs> okay, you're right. It's a very yeah. emerging market. Uh, um, one of the very first things you see when the film is opening is that it was funded by the China Film Company. That makes sense. That they are a production company attached to the Fate of the Furious. These movies have been so big internationally. And uh, Star Wars did good, but it's just not as well-loved internationally as these 
Fast and the Furious movies. I guess I just always keep going back to the original one, which is a bunch of punk street racers in Los Angeles stealing DVD players. And, and to me, that doesn't that does not a movie series make. All right, we're, we're getting a little off yeah, topic. We're, we're, let's we're let's drink the beer real quick beer. so we can talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, part of this beer is it is a 5.5%, so mm. it's a little guy. We'll see. Um, very hazy beer on first look. I can't really see through this guy at all. Yeah. It's got a nice brownish color to it, though. Yeah, it kinda, it's, nice. it's a murky brown as compared to the... Uh, the Breckenridge. The Breckenridge, which was almost a very clear and had like a, a red amber tone to it. I would say a dark red amber. Yeah. Why? Because I can say that. Yeah. Smells good. Looks good. Head retention is a little bit less than on the Breckenridge. Uh, lacing on the side, I would say it's... Mm, Alright, maybe a little bit less than a Breckenridge, Breckenridge as well. It's not being able to hold on. No. No, it kind of just falls off. and yep. it's, it's very thin. Ain't nothing wrong with that. What's, uh... Now, at first smell here, I'm, I'm really... I'm not getting a whole lot. I'm getting a, a little bit of maltiness... And then very subtle hints of maybe like a chocolate or a coffee note that you might see in a porter, but it's not a chocolate or a coffee beer. It would just be coming through from the, right. the malt, I would assume. This is brewed with natural hazelnut flavor and cacao, so that would oh, be kind of where you get your, your chocolate notes from. Interesting. All right, let's give it a shot. Oh, wow. Right off the bat, you kind of get both of those mm -hmm. up front. Yeah, you really do. Kind of got punched in the mouth with some hazelnut on my yeah, first sip. Yeah, It's right up front. That's the first thing I tasted. It's not nearly as smooth as the Breckenridge, but I'm telling you what, it's got a lot of flavor to it. Yeah, it does. I, I'm i really enjoying how, like, even though it is a punch in the mouth with the hazelnut, it also hangs it hangs around a bit, too. Yeah. I'm, I, I was not surprised. I was not expecting this out of this beer. Nor was I. I, I thought it was just going to be kind of a run-of-the-mill, mm -hmm. but uh, it is exceeding expectations. Mm. Play devil's advocate on that a little bit. Sure. For me, it's a little bit on the bitter side for a porter. And I think that's coming through with the cacao nibs that you yeah. said it was brewed with, because mm -hmm. that's the purest form of chocolate, so obviously it's going to be the most bitter. Right, right. And on the back end of this beer, I'm, I'm getting some bitterness, and I usually don't get that in a porter. No, usually you don't, and I don't, it doesn't bother me, so I'm pretty okay with it. So a, a little bit contrary to what you were saying, Sam, the uh, the IBU count on this is, is still relatively low at only 32. Hmm. So it's it's still right in the wheelhouse for a porter. That's not necessarily contrary though, because if it's coming from the cacao nibs, that is true. It, yeah, the bitterness when, is not coming from the hops. Right. So, which I can agree with. Yeah. So maybe when they're looking at their IBUs, they're not looking at you know the other ingredients going in. Correct. Yeah, I, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is I'm tasting all 32 of those IBUs <laughs> on the back end. <laughs> well, now that we got beers in hand, uh, what do you say we we Talk to the 600-pound gorilla in the room. Vin Diesel or, I'm, I'm or The Rock? I'm talking about The Rock. Or The Rock. Or just this franchise in general. Jesus. Let's All right. get into it, guys. Yeah, we are ready to talk about Let's The Fate of the Furious, this. and can, I know you are ready to listen. Before we get into the movie, can like we start and just accept that they have superpowers at this point? Yeah. Especially the, the Rock. Of all the crazy shit they do in this film, yeah. they, they have superpowers now. Yeah, they're, they're almost <laughs> like modern-day superheroes. Like, I feel that Vin Diesel could kick Batman's ass at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So before we get into all of the fun talk, let's at least kind of give an overview of what the plot of this movie is. We're not going to give any spoilers away. We just want to kind of talk about the craziness that is this film. Uh, so in this movie... 
Vin Diesel and his band of merry men are up to it again. And what happens is, in this film, Vin Diesel is actually recruited by Charlize Theron to turn to the dark side and work against his team to perform several different heists of nuclear warheads and some things related to that uh, for Charlize and her uh, band of evil, bad guys. See, bad guys, yeah. See, see, even the way you're explaining this, you're realizing how thin this plot is. Yeah, that's about the whole plot of the movie, and it's now up to the team to try and stop Vin and Charlize as they plot their way across the globe trying to get all this crazy shit. Because when I think of international mystery men, I think of a bunch of street racers from Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't... Well, they're not all... Yeah, I guess they would be all from Los Angeles. Well, except for Ludacris. He's from Miami. Yeah. I mean, according and, to the canon of the movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's from Miami. Yeah, they picked him up in episode, or episode two. <laughs> well, they picked up Tyrese, too. Yeah. Roman, yeah. if you're... if you're Roman, gonna, yeah. Yeah. Well, Roman well, and Ludo... More likely, I'm going to be referring to them by their actor names. That's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, Tyrese and Ludacris didn't come in until uh, too, too Fast, Too Furious. Too fast, yeah. too furious. So they weren't in the original. Right. right. Yeah. Oh. But man, it's nice that they've stuck around, because I like those characters. You know what? I think, I think Ludacris makes the movie. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's kind of that, that low-key kind of tie to reality. Okay. Even though his character is in and of itself bonkers. Yeah, all right. But he is still kind of the low-key tie to reality compared uh, to everybody else. I'll agree with you. I would actually say it's even the... No, uh, okay, I can't remember her name. but it's the Cypher. No, 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 not Charlize Theron's character. The, the girl with the giant hair. I don't even, I was trying to think about that while we were sitting in the theater watching the movie. I was trying to remember where she even came from. I think Seven. She's, she, they saved her in Seven. Yeah. I don't remember her damn I, name. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. So we're going to call her Hacker Girl. <laughs> That's, for that, yeah. the sake and purpose. Because yeah, you could put Angelina Jolie in there and it'd be the same thing. Yeah. From, it, ha it, from Hackers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So let's, let's get in, let's start at the beginning of this film. We open it in Cuba, and apparently Vin and Michelle Rodriguez, they're on their honeymoon. They're, yeah, yeah. So I guess they're married. Did they get married at the end of Seven? Or, I don't think so. Because at the end of Seven, she was just getting her memory back? Is that what I'm... I think she got it back throughout Seven. Yeah, she got it right. back throughout Seven, and then like they... They got Reconciled. fully reunited at yeah. the end of seven. So they're on their honeymoon at this point. So, so they let's got just married. Assume they got married at some point. Maybe it was at the uh, end. No, of you seven. know what? No, I think they did get married at the end of seven. Did they? I think so. Yeah. It's okay. been a while since I've seen seven. But anyhow, they're married. They're on their honeymoon. So right. Go on. Vin apparently has family in Cuba. A cousin. Of yeah. Some sort. A, cousin, a cousin. A cousin we have not yet met yeah, either. Yes. <laughs> this is a brand new character. Brand new character, as far as I can remember, as far as I can tell. And his cousin gets in the trouble with the local street tough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess he's the gang. They're at a car show, as with every Fast and the Furious, there's a car show. So the one thing that I did like about that scene was the relative accuracy mm -hmm. of the car culture in Havana. Right. Where everything is old 50s American muscle. Yeah, everything is old American muscle, and everything has been rebuilt and kind of jerry-rigged, and parts have been swapped. Correct. <laughs> yeah, they, this is this is not a spoiler, uh, but there was one line where they were talking with a, a couple of guys, and they discovered that the motor that was in the car was actually a boat motor. They just they were able to pull it out of a boat, put it in the car, just to get the car running, and that that is very true to what is happening in the Havana car culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, good for them because they got a bunch of American muscle, whereas I believe Mexico City is just kind of full of 
Volkswagen bugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Vin Diesel's cousin is in trouble with the local top. Yeah, and I guess he also happens to have the fastest car. Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Not only does he like well, like the leader of this street gang does. Vin Diesel's cousin. Oh has no a no. Piece of shit car. Oh yeah yeah. Vin Diesel's cousin has an absolute. Beater. It was a 1953 Chevrolet Fleetmaster. And it's all rusted out. It's (laughs) crap. It's trash. Yeah. And I guess for some reason he got a loan off the street. I I, I don't even know what the discrepancy was. He had to pay something back. I don't know if it was a loan or fare or something. They never really explained it. They didn't get into it. They don't care. No, no. He took a loan out on this shitty ass car. (laughs) And then I guess he couldn't pay them. And that's when Vin. And they're having this dispute at the car show. Right. As the street tough tries to tow away Vin's cousin's car. (laughs) And uh, my cousin Vin comes up and saves the day. With, uh, you gotta, you pay your debts. Yeah. <laughs> Whose side was he on in that scene? Well, he was on the side of paying the debts until... The oh, then, that's right, so talking trash on his woman. Right, right. Until, yeah. yeah, the guy got smart with him, and then Vin decides, Well, let me race you for your car, then. Because, what did Vin have? He had a... He had a 62 Impala. Yeah. Which was cherry. And, of course, it's the only car that's up on a pedestal that's spinning around. (laughs) That's how you know that's the hero car. (laughs) Oh, boy. And it's actually a throw-off because the street tough says, no, I'm not going to race that car. (laughs) you got to race the piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's a, a race to the finish between Vin Diesel and this piece of shit junker that his cousin owns and the street tough and the fastest car in Cuba. Right. (laughs) So, how is this going to play out? This is the first point where we get reminded that Vin Diesel has superpowers because there's a smash cut from them agreeing to this race to Vin barehanded ripping (laughs) this car apart. Yeah, first he just rips the hood off this yeah. car like it's nothing. Hood's gone, fender's gone, yeah, door's rips gone. Off the door. <laughs> he rips he rips a quarter panel off with his hands. <laughs> not even wearing gloves. Yeah, not like, even and he didn't even he didn't even grunt or anything. Just boop, gone. Yeah, all right. Boop, they get this off. Boop. And he tells him, you know, tear everything off that's not a battery or an engine or whatever. Yeah. Complete nonsense. <laughs> Turning this thing into a rat rod. <laughs> I, I understand the thought pro- thought process, but that shit's gonna take more than ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. The street tough is giving him all this time <laughs> to mod the car yeah. to beat to yeah. beat him. Exactly. They there was. I love the scene too where they were bringing in that NOS to install it. Yeah, the man, NOS. Like we gotta have this NOS. It's like I thought you were having a street race right now. <laughs> it's not just NOS. It's Cuban NOS. Cuban NOS. So yeah. uh, like. Everything that's faster or better is Cuban in this scene. I guess, yeah. Well, uh, we gotta pay respects to the Cubans, I guess. Well, you gotta pay respect to the Cubans. It's going along the line of Cuban espresso, which is known as, like, you know, really high-octane and everything. It's big, it's... Yeah. So when Michelle Rodriguez finds this tank out of nowhere... Out of nowhere. Hey, does this work? Why, George, it does. Yeah. Oh, I guess we can just hook this up for no damn reason. It's Cuban NOS, though, so it's going to do that much better in this race. And he wires it with, like, the pop-top on, yeah. on a Coke bottle. Pop-top and a piece of string. What yeah. full MacGyver on this thing? Yeah, full MacGyver is some crazy rig. And then he's finally ready to race. After, for some reason, being given all this time... <laughs> The screw with the car. The tough is, he's strong but fair. Yeah. It's not about the car, it's about the man behind it. Yeah, exactly. We've already been told. Oh, yeah. The engine doesn't matter, it's who's driving it. Which, 
That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you put a Dodge Viper up against a Ford Focus, uh, you're gonna... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be the engine. Yeah. Oh, boy. So yeah. now it's race time, and these guys are ready to take off. So Vin's in his piece of shit. It has no hood, no doors. <laughs> no nothing, and he's ready to go. They're racing through the streets of Havana, and... It's a it's a pretty cool scene. It is. It, if oh, you, it's an awesome yeah, race. It is very cool visually. Yeah, yeah, especially because it's all it's all bright daytime mm-hmm. as compared to where they usually do like the night races and stuff. Yeah, this is all bright daytime. Cuba looks beautiful. Yeah, and uh, you have uh, you know guys on dirt bikes. The Street Tough has two guys on dirt bikes and uh, Michelle Rodriguez and. I guess some Vin. other guy was it Vin's cousin? Was it? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. There was somebody else on Vin's side on a street bike. Yeah, exactly. But their their job is to race through traffic and stop traffic. So you know this Cuban street race. Yeah, this Cuban, Cuban street race. Yeah. The, oh yeah, that's the other thing. It's it's not a mile. It's yeah. a Cuban mile. Like a racing <laughs> a quarter mile. We're doing a Cuban mile. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. What is it? What's what that? that and the thing I always wonder with these races is they start them up immediately, but how do they even know what the route is? Like, you just see them tearing all around. Exactly. Cuba, like, they're, they're going it's through just traffic, <laughs> and, like, how do you know where to go? Like, what's to say, oh, Vin Diesel, you know, takes a side street back alley, right, just cuts yeah, off half the horse, like, and wins. <laughs> so, yeah, because those dirt bikes faster than those cars. Well, that, they, that's had to do the, they had to do the shortcuts to stop the, to stop the I traffic. Guess. I the, the geometry doesn't make any sense. That's not ever a point of these things. <laughs> None of this ever makes sense. They do all. They do a good portion of the race, and they're on their way back. That, that's the one thing you do notice is they kind of make a loop through a town mm-hmm. square, and they're on their way back to the starting point. And this is when the street tough has one of his boys on the dirt bike just roll the dirt bike out into the street into Vin Diesel's car. <laughs> Which he better be getting a big old repair bill for that. He, he brings it to a basic stop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. he stops Vin Diesel dead in his tracks. But that's for two but, seconds worth. But you remember Vin Diesel has Cuban knots. Oh, jeez. And fires it up and is somehow able to catch up instantly. <laughs> well, that's Cuban knots for you. That's Mario Kart for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vin Diesel had a couple mushrooms left in his tank. <laughs> and that's exactly how he wins. He basically hits a three mushroom and fires across the line. Oh, uh, no. No, but I, got, I got, back but, up. But once he hits that NOS, something very important happens. He explodes. <laughs> that's he when the engine just it blows up. Yeah, it's done. Car but does. no, it's going to keep going. And he, he takes the heat, but he can't take the heat. So what does he do? He turns the car around. Yeah. Rips a 180. Well, no, that's doesn't... where I started having beef with this scene. Everything else I could accept. I could shut my brain off. I could accept this. Until he started going backwards in his reverse gear and was gaining on the guy. That yeah. is 100% bullshit. And I'm mad about that. There is no way that that car was geared to do any of that. Exactly. You have one gear and that's one reverse. Gear. reverse. <laughs> you don't yeah. have a six gear you're, reverse. You're not going to do that. And not only that, you're not going to have the time... To pull that move and then catch up. I don't care how much quote-unquote Cuban NOS you've got in this thing. You're not going to be able to pull it off. Well, at this point, he's already just running on full explosions. Yeah, yeah. That's... By the way, his car has already exploded. Yeah, he's exploding. He's on fire. They show the entire engine block is turning red. Yeah, he's already <laughs> ventilated the block. So he, it's, yeah. he can't do anything. Anymore. So it's essentially melting as he goes. <laughs> yeah. And he, and that's how, exactly how he wins. He's going backwards, and it's the last explosion that pushes him across the line. <laughs> and that's where I had another beef. 
was as soon as he crossed the line, what does the crowd of people do? Jump right in front of him. Yeah, they jump right they in front of him. They jump right in front of him. <laughs> yeah. What kind of jackass does that? You have a flaming car coming at you backwards, and you decide, I would jump in front of this son they, of a bitch. And they've already seen this flaming wreckage come down the line, yeah, and they're yeah. cheering for it. They're like, oh, somebody's yeah, on fire. Right. They're so racing. It's awesome. But then they jump in line to congratulate him, not thinking, oh, this is just a flaming wreckage. <laughs> we should probably get out of the way. And then you find out, that Vin Diesel's brakes do not work. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, surprise. wow, they've melted, really? <laughs> Jeez. So that's the point where he decides, well, now I just got to jump out of this car and roll around <laughs> on the you know, Cuban brick streets and let yeah. this car just fly into the bay. And this is where you decide, you have to, you have to make a very distinct choice at this point. Do you, do you just accept everything that's going to happen and just, just watch the pretty colors and listen to the pretty sounds? Or do you sit there and analyze everything yeah. and, and realize how ridiculous this entire yeah, this movie is, is? This is your entry point of right. whether or not you can shut your brain off. Right. And I, honestly, though, I could still get through it, but this was the first time I got annoyed. Because all the racing was pretty decent, like a lot of practical effects going through that. Right. But when that damn flaming wreckage hits the edge of the bay and flies into the air... It, straight up. It flies straight <laughs> off like a rocket. And it, it like it's kind of bad CGI. Yeah, and, and that's what that's what pulled me out for a second. I was like, "Oh, that's not great. Why couldn't you just fire? Just, like, why did it have to be as big as it was? Why can't you just shoot it forty-five degrees out? Right, because there wasn't even when it hit the water. It's not like it exploded in the water like a bomb. That's right. what I expected. Right. I expected it to either explode in the air like a like a firework, right? You know, or to hit the water and explode like a bomb. And they they kind of half acid at that point. Yeah, they just half acid. They just for some reason made this big CGI car fly up in the air for no reason. Because they could. And then, immediately after that, Vin is surrounded by the people as a hero, and surrounded by children. Yeah, yeah. what the hell was that all about? Like, where the hell did all these kids come from? Yeah, and not yeah. a single parent in the, in yeah, the no, shop whatsoever. Not a single parent. He picks up a random child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what I want. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so funny. And then at the end of the day, the... Cuban, the Cuban tough wants to give Vin Diesel his car, which was the fastest car in Cuba. And Vin Diesel's like, no, man, I don't want the car. I earned the respect. Yeah, he's like, like wait a minute, take the car and give it to your cousin. His car's in the bay. Well, that's the thing. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't take the tough's car, and then, for no reason at all, he just gives his cousin his... Uh, his Impala. His Impala. Yeah. Which, here's a question for you. Yeah. If they're on their honeymoon, right. where do you get the car? Exactly. Where where did this car come from? How did he get... Because they're on an island. How did they get the Impala onto the yeah. island? What happened? The only thing I can assume is because we're on 8 now. Yeah. And he's probably pulled off enough heists and everything. I'm assuming they're still all just running on money from uh, 5. Okay. When, they, okay. when they robbed the bank in Brazil. I'm willing to accept that. I, I assume all of this is... And then everything that's government-funded is government-funded. Yeah. They get gifted a lot of cars in this. Uh, th so, that is absolutely correct. Yeah, I, I'm assuming everything that he owns is just money they're working off from that Brazil bank heist. Right. <laughs> so now we're finally at the point in the movie where the title comes up on the screen. Yeah, we're at the fate of the period. Like, this was literally like a half-hour TV show, I think. <laughs> yeah, but now we the get treated to the title that we're, oh, this is the fate of the Furious. We're in the right theater, we know. <laughs> we saw the title of the movie. This is not Beauty and the Beast. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that was a cinematic classic, and then we got to the credits. I mean, in the next film, they're going to have to outdo this film yeah. somehow. I don't know how they're going to do that. Hopefully John Cena... 
Yeah, John Cena needs involved needs to be involved in this franchise. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good franchise for him. Yeah, this needs to happen. I think we need to start a Twitter peti- petition. <laughs> John <laughs> Cena for Fast Nine. Yeah, it would be cool if they like eventually made this a crossover movie with like some other film. <sighs> Ooh, like what though? Sharknadoes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna fight a tornado with a Dodge Challenger. Yeah, uh, I, exactly. I, they, they're going to drive around it counterclockwise <laughs> <laughs> and, create, and create their own tornado to suck up that tornado. Tornado fight. Yeah, see, you're already writing this for them. I mean, oh, you, should, you should get a, at least some type of writing credit on that. I, yeah, I, your better, idea, you better. I better. Better not steal it. You guys want to talk about something else? Like well, maybe this beer? Well, well we yeah. have more to talk about. I mean, uh, I don't think we have any more to talk about, but how would you guys recommend this film? Well, that depends. If you fully, fully understand that this thing is going to be completely off the rails, Transformer styles, and you're willing to accept that, and you're willing to just sit there and munch on popcorn and just enjoy it, it is an enjoyable film. Yeah. If you go in there for any semblance of reality or anything like that, don't bother. That's fair enough. I, I would totally recommend it. It's a, it, it's a it's, popcorn flick. It's a total popcorn flick, and it's even though it's stupid in some parts... Some parts. It's not, like, insulting, you know? You can still just kind of look past it and enjoy yourself sometimes. Yeah, there are some things where if if you are, you know, if that's your hobby or you're an aficionado in those things, there are a lot of things that jump out at you. Right. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. wrong. There's no way that could happen. But if you can get past all that. Yeah, Yeah, the action's good enough that you can get past it. it. Sam? I mean, to me, this was the best movie that was ever made, and everybody should see it. <laughs> That's it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Generally recommended. It's amazing. The action, the action sequences are, are worth it in itself. Go check it out. Would you recommend this beer, then? Now, that's a great question. So, to remind everybody, <laughs> we are drinking the Rusty Rail Snowflyer Porter. And my final recommendation after kind of enjoying this beer while we talked about the film is... You know, this is this is a decent beer for me, but the, the more I drank of it, the more I just didn't enjoy the bitterness on the back end that this beer provided. When I drink porters, I want them to be big and full of flavor and not really all that bitter. I, I, I don't know. It was decent, but I don't know if I'd really drink it again. It's just it was a little too bitter for me. Okay. I would drink it again. I wouldn't necessarily seek it out every time that I saw it on tap at a bar, but I would definitely drink it again. It was enjoyable. Okay. That's it. Yeah, it was All good. Right. It was enjoyable. Uh, no, I, no further discussion. Oh, okay. Uh, I really, really liked it. Good. I uh, found I found like the hazelnut and the chocolate notes really good. Um, they're a bit bigger than that Breckenridge, but uh, that's not a negative to me. And neither is the bitterness. Like, even though the bitterness isn't coming from a hop per se, I do enjoy bitterness in my beers. So I enjoy the way it was presented this way, probably through the, you know the cocoa nibs outside of, you know, doing it with the hops. I can dig it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this one. Excellent. Cool. All right. So two beers down. That means one more beer left, one more segment left, and we'll be back at you with more Fast and Furious fun. Vroom, vroom, vroom. 
Boom Hop Nation, we are back, and the fate of episode eight lies within this last segment. That sounds or, pretty great. Uh, yeah, right? With this last segment, with this last beer, I like that. Let's yeah. So let's just roll with that, and with that, we are going to roll in, roll into, or ride into, our last Fast and Furious beer. And I'm going to introduce this last one for us. And this beer is actually a collaboration beer from three awesome breweries out of California. Uh, 21st Amendment, uh, Stone, and Firestone Walker. This beer is called the El Camino Unreal. Sadly, I have to throw it out there that this beer is not actually based on the vehicle, the El Camino. It's based on a trail in California. <laughs> but for the sake of this podcast, we're going to assume that it is because this is the beer we're going to be drinking. I, li- I like the transparency. Yeah. So is, is there a, a history between the El Camino Trail and the three breweries that are in collaboration on this? Yes, so what, what happens is this actually got its name from, from a trail called the El Camino Real. And it used to be called also the Royal Trail, which is actually now part of Highway 101 in California. And that trail linked 21 Spanish missions through California, but today it links the three breweries together. So that trail oh, is neat. what really brings okay. them together. That's so, really cool. Yeah, so I guess if you're on the El Camino Real Trail in California, whether you're driving it, hiking it, biking it, whatever the case may be, eventually you'll hit all three of these breweries. So it could end in a pretty good day for you. Oh, cool. Is that real or real? It'd be real. Okay. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this must be a pretty long trail, because I know 21st Amendment is in San Francisco. I think Firestone Walker's out of L.A., and isn't Stone down towards San Diego? I think so. Sure. I believe so, yeah. I think it is. So you're looking at probably about a 10-hour drive from San Francisco well, to, mean, uh, if you've to got, San Diego. What yeah. was it, 21 missions? 21, oh, 21st Amendment. No, 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 but how many oh, missions were... 21 Spanish missions. Oh, 21 yeah, yeah, Spanish 20, missions. Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to be five miles apart with those bad boys. No, 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 no. Well, like you said, it's also part of the 101 now. Yeah. That's a highway. Yeah. So <laughs> let's it, crack that bad whatever, boy open. You'll eventually get there. What uh, what style of beer is that? So this is a dark ale, and this beer is brewed with fennel seeds, chia seeds, peppercorns, and figs. So this should be something that's very interesting. It's 9.5% alcohol and 76 IBUs. Oh, boy. Oof. Yeah. So it's going to be dark, and it's going to be hoppy, and it's going to be flavored with all kinds of interesting things that you generally don't see in a beer because I, I don't think i've ever had a beer that had fennel and chia in it <laughs> yeah i can't think of one off the top of my head myself holy either, so. bananas that is certainly not a common ingredient you oh, see in beer I, wow i'm looking at you pour these thi- this thing out this might be the darkest beer this is the darkest beer we've had tonight um, yeah yeah definitely the darkest beer and it's just categorized as a dark ale right mm, they're right on that one and, and what's interesting about this beer the first time i drank it this is actually the second time i've tried this but the first time i drank it i almost thought it was going to be something light just because the can is so colorful yeah 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 and it almost assumes that it's going to be kind of like a lighter fruity beer especially when you hear all right it's brewed with figs and peppercorn and chia seeds you know you just think of like a weedier or a, or a Kind of like a, a goza, maybe even. Yeah, goza's yeah. Not, not this. Well, goza's salt. Yeah, it's not this 30 weight mo- motor oil. Yeah, exactly. As as you may have guessed, this beer is very, very dark. I think it might be the figs that bring that color down so much. I can smell the figs as well. Like it has a very kind of plum color, I would say. If you can get it into the light, gets past the just darkness and it becomes almost a plum color. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, or a, or a the button on that one. Yeah, you can smell the figs. It smells kind of boozy. It does. I mean, it's nine and a half percent though. It, it is good. boozy. Yeah, right? it definitely smells boozy. It smells almost like a cake, like a fruit cake. 
I don't know if anybody else is getting that. No, I just went. I just went straight to Dragon. I'm not getting that yet. I'm just gonna take a sip. Mm-hmm. It smells boozy. Tastes boozy. It is boozy. Yeah, you can taste the booze, and you can taste. I'm I'm tasting the figs for sure. Yeah. Some of the other fennel and chia seeds. I'm not sure I know what those seeds even taste like. I, I don't think I've no ever idea. ate them plain, so it's hard for me to decide if I'm getting those flavors in this beer. I may, I may not be. I, I have no idea what to be looking for in that either. Have either of you guys had a chia seed or a fennel seed? Like, I know I've had I'm one sure I have. in a salad or in right. a yogurt, but I, I don't think I've just eaten a chia seed. Why yeah, would to, you? To know what that tastes like. Right. right. I feel like, uh, in general, the booziness is kind of overpowering anyway to be able mm-hmm. to discern those flavors. I don't know that I can really... It's, it's not quite as dissectable as others. Right, right. I can't really just pick things out like that. So here's what we'll do. We'll sip on this beer. I, I feel like with so many distinct flavors in this one, as it begins to warm up, we we may start to see some of those flavors become a little bit more pronounced. So let's uh, let, let it I rest so. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm all right with that. So we'll see what happens. So while we do that, let's go into the topic that we have for our segment three. It's a game that we have played before. Uh, it's a game that I enjoy very, very much. Let's play a classic game of Beerify It. Okie dokie. I'm in as long as we're talking about the Fast and the Furious still. Oh, oh well, of course we are. <laughs> we what can't else stop. would we be talking about? So, it's too important of a movie for this generation. <laughs> it's it a is, movie of a generation. It is it's generation's godfather. Just admit it. Oh, no, never. Yeah. I'm not doing that. It's, yeah. a, it's a fun film, but it is not a masterpiece. Are you saying that F. Gary Gray is not Francis Ford Coppola? Did any of us even look up what else he's done? No. All right, then. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I did. Oh, yeah. No, he did The Godfather 2. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and and The Godfather 3 and 4, I believe. Okay, well, The Godfather 3 is trash, and everybody knows that. <laughs> Was there a 4? No. Can we, uh... We can verify it, yeah, yeah. Can we do decahedron back? Don't steal my bit. <laughs> oh, I'm steal his bit. Don't steal my bit. So, all right, well, so F. Gary Gray's first film was Friday. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. He also did uh, the stellar 2003 movie, The Italian Job, which also starred Charlie's Theron I mean, and Jason Statham. that Satham. wasn't a bad movie. It's a great movie. It was all right. He made Law Abiding Citizen, which was that uh, Gerard Butler, Jamie Lee Fox movie, which that was pretty was... cool. It's straight out of Compton. Okay. It was a good film. I like that one. And Fate of the Furious. There's a couple other ones in here, but right, mm-hmm. so those are the big ones. He's got some pedigree. Yeah, so yeah, he totally does. All mm-hmm. right, I just I did not recognize his name right off the bat mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So, so let's make a beer while we drink beer. Okay. Uh, a brief explanation uh, for those that have never heard this segment before. Number one, uh, shame on you for uh-huh. not getting into our back catalog and listening to prior episodes. But what we do is where we we throw out a topic and. Based on that topic, we will create a, a beer, and not necessarily a beer recipe, but we need to come up with a beer style, we need to come up with a story behind it, and then finally we need to come up with a name for it. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit of a an open-ended brainstorming session based on the topic at hand. And obviously today's topic is... The Fate of the Furious. The Fate of the Furious. Yes, I am so excited. Now, do we want to open it up to the entire Fast and Furious franchise or just the latest film? I, I say kind of stick it to the, just this latest film. That's fair. Know? Okay. Like, right. if we were doing Fast Five, we might want to do kind of like a Brazilian-style ale. Yeah, okay. You know, and use kind of like Brazilian... Brazil nuts? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, okay. Use, you know, things from that area. So, so let's stick with 8 Fast, 8 Furious. Here's the thing. How, how do we want to start off with this? Because it, it goes into several different areas. Uh, you start off in Cuba. Right. So 
there's a little bit of play there. Uh, there's a, a good bit in New York City. There's a lot you can do with that. Right. And then you also go into the Arctic Circle in into, Russia. Into Russia. Okay, so I'm going to go just right off the bat. Okay. And you guys can poo-poo this or whatever. Okay. But you just mentioned Cuba and Russia. Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm thinking a Russian imperial stout. With Cuban coffee? Made with Cuban, yeah, Cuban espresso. Damn. Hmm. That sounds pretty damn good. If there if there's a way we can work something New Yorky into that, yeah, we have to make it a little bit crazy because the yeah. films are crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it can't just be a you know a Russian imperial stout with coffee. Can, it's can got we, it. We got we got to. Well, up I mean, the it's Cuban coffee. It's Cuban coffee. So that's crazy. Remember, yeah. we've talked about how that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. better. Yeah, can, yeah. Can we ferment it in a hollowed out torpedo? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's the only way we can give that justice. Uh. Sure. <laughs> Alright, Sam, get on get on that. There's gotta be one left over from the filming of the movie that we get can on, maybe borrow. Get so on Craigslist. Maybe uh, if uh, any of the Fast and the Furious cast has actually listened to this um, you know, podcast right now, hit us up and let yeah, us know we, how we, we can get one of those hollowed out torpedoes. <laughs> so a Russian Imperial Stout with Cuban coffee. Mm-hmm. I, my idea here is is could we add in an an apple element to it for obviously the big apple. Oh. Now, the problem with that is, is the only way to get that sort of apple flavor is one of two ways. Either one, you use artificial flavoring, which I kind of want to avoid. Yeah. The other way is you've got to use a shit ton of apples. Yeah. And the reason you have to use a shit ton of apples is because apples are mostly water. So you don't have that concentration of flavor that you have. You don't get the sugar right away. Right, with other other fruits, other flavors. Is that something we want to look into? We could also just go cheap and just use garbage apple juice. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that would do this beer justice. No. What about like like apple cider? Pouring just pouring apple cider in and using that as a fermentable. <laughs> we, like, we could do that. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that would also make sense because that would kind of be in the line with toilet wine. Yeah. Uh, with, <laughs> yeah. Which the so rock they're was. in jail. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of okay. So we're making toilet wine out of apple juice. What if we used even, like, a bourbon or a brandy barrel of some sort, like an apple brandy barrel? So you're kind of okay. using some okay, of those yeah. flavors. They might not be as pronounced as if you just dumped apple wine toilet water into the beer, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to cut some of the booziness. But, yeah, maybe what if we used a kind of like a – is there apple bourbon out there? I want to assume Crown there Royal. might be. Yeah, Crown Royal Apple. Apple. So like a Canadian whiskey barrel or something like that. Because I think a bourbon would probably be a better flavor to infuse into this beer than a brandy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're going to have big, bold flavors anyways. Yeah. So you got to, again, if you got to keep up with the rock, you got to go big and bold regardless. Right. I I imagine this beer being about 10%. Okay. I got got one more idea. We're talking about just being ridiculous and stupid, Mm, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's the whole point of this episode. Why, I mean, why not in the secondary... We just throw some NOS in. The drink? Yeah. The energy drink? The energy drink. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I think we've just ruined the beer. Now, here's a question. Uh-huh. If, if we were able to put this on draft, yeah. could we just use the NOS? Put it on nitro? Uh, nitro? Nitro? Can we put it on nitro? You want to serve it on nitro, Sam? Great. Let's do that. Yeah, I think putting it on nitro would be a good idea. On yeah. nitro? Yeah. I was also thinking kind of like on the side, kind of that earlier NOS comment about the energy drinks. Like, what if you had the option of kind of doing this as a bomb so you could have your russian imperial stout in a pint glass and you can drop a shot glass of the nos energy oh, drink into it it's gonna fizz 
up like yeah. crazy, and then you just bang it. There you go. I like that. That's a, that's a good serving option. Yeah. You don't have to do it that way. You but can you, have a regular. But if you want to win, you got to add the nos. Exactly. There you go. Oh, right. Exactly. That's smart, Sam. So we gonna have to Jerry rig this somehow. You want to be Vin Diesel, not the Cupid top. <laughs> and and when you drink this, you you can't wear sleeves. Yeah, that's right. You're no not sl- allowed to wear sleeves. No sleeves when that drinking this. It has to be a, a wife beater, a white wife beater. <laughs> and that's about it. Can we call it that? The white wife beater? <laughs> no. I mean, that's what Vin Diesel <laughs> no. wears half the, half the films. And if it's not white, it's black. I think he was wearing black wife beaters for this one, because remember, he's supposed to be he's bad guy. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's his goatee. Yeah. He's ah, bad. Man, that's well, a, a dark beer, so maybe a black wife beater would yeah, be yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I would even be okay like drinking this beer with no shirt on. At a bar. I'm all right with that. Like, if you're drinking this at a bar or at, you know, a family picnic or something, like, you better not you gotta be go wearing shirtless. A shirt. You gotta be showing him abs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the Rock's not wearing shirts half the time. I mean, look at him in the new Baywatch movie. He's not He's not wearing shirts <laughs> in that movie. Granted, it takes place on a beach, but. So this, you know, one, this one was was actually pretty easy to put together. I I'm, think so. I'm yeah. fairly fairly surprised that this came together as quickly as it did. And we got well there pretty quick. The so juices were just flowing based on all that Fast and the Furious talk. So it sounds like we have a Russian Imperial Stout uh, that's going to be infused with Cuban coffee mm-hmm. and is going to be fermented in apple whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either a apple crown? whiskey or yeah. apple bourbon. Well, I mean, I mean, they're kind of. I understand. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I mean, I would say if you can't get either, you can probably just throw a couple shots into the secondary. True. And then True. just kind of cut that flavor in. So once we do that, once everything is, is fat, dumb, and happy, we also have a drink developed, which is a, a sort of a, a torpedo bomb. Yeah. Which Just call it the torpedo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the non-dominant torpedo. So we, when we do that, we're going to have our Russian Imperial Cuban coffee stout. And then we're going to take a shot of the NOS energy drink. We're going to drop it in, and we're going to slug it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've done it. So what do we call it? Because what are we going to call that that drink in and of itself? Well, wait. What not, we... not, the, not the beer, but the drink with the NOS in it. I thought that was the torpedo bomb. That is the torpedo bomb? Yeah. That's okay, because the... The, the other one, that's already taken care of. Because you can have anything you want as long as it's a Corona. Wait, I'm lost. Oh, come on. From the first movie, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. No, I don't remember the first one. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, you know what? I do remember that line now. Aren't they sitting at the picnic table and he's offering a beer to Brian? That was the first time Brian walked into the house. Yeah. That's right, as the cop when he was doing that recon work. There you go. How am I supposed to remember eight plus hours? That's a classic <laughs> line from the entire franchise. No, a classic line is, I'm in your face. <laughs> or I don't have friends. I have family. Family. Okay, so what are we going to call this bad boy? The beer itself, not the drink. The drink we already got taken care of, but the beer. Oh, boy. Sam, any ideas? No. We could call it Brian. <laughs> in his memory. <laughs> we could just call it... What is, what is the most ridiculous car that has ever been in these movies? The flip car was ridiculous. That was in 6. Yeah, but the we're flip concentrating car was in 6. We're yeah. concentrating on 8. What was the most ridiculous car in 8? It might have been one of Vin Diesel's... I mean, we could call it the uh, GTX 5000 for the 5000 horsepower for the 5000 horsepower alright Sam you got any issues with that no okay <laughs> you just want to eat dinner don't you <laughs> I don't agree to anything at this point <laughs> okay yeah so we're calling it the GTX 5000 so we're calling this the GTX 5000 yeah that's a good name for that. It's a it's a it's a it's a powerful name. It's a, it's a strong, strong name. name. That's yeah, a yeah. solid name. It's yeah. gonna be a strong beer, so it needs to have a strong name. 
So it sounds like we've got a pretty good recipe here. We've got a pretty good name. We actually already have a pretty good drink to go along with it. So if you would like to find out the specifics on this recipe, myself, Sam, and Steve will all be working together uh, to get this recipe together. We will put that out on our Facebook page. We'll give you all your details and all the different outlets that we have at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll probably um, put it up on Twitter, too. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. put it yeah. on Twitter. We'll see it'll, it'll make its way on the internet. Yeah. We're millennials. We know what we're doing on that stuff. <laughs> this is one that I really want to try to brew. This beer sounds awesome. So it sounds like we got this all buttoned up. Everything is, is in a nice, neat package, just like the end of the movie. Let's go back to this beer that we're trying here, this El Camino Unreal. Steve, what did you think of this thing? I don't know that I love this. Really? Aren't you Aren't you Mr. Stouts and Porters? Yeah, but this doesn't this isn't either. It's a dark ale. A haul. But isn't that kind of <laughs> in the wheelhouse, though? Yeah. Is it kind of in the style that you enjoy? Yeah, I just... One, I'm not a big fan of, like, figs and dates, that kind of flavor to begin with. And then this is a bit boozy. It is. Like, it when is. it when it makes all those promises of, like, all the, we have all this, you know, different fennel and chia and stuff but like that. But what the hell does that do? Exactly, because I'm not tasting it. Well, you maybe you just don't know what it actually tastes like. If yeah, you've never well, tasted a chia seed. I just feel like I'm not getting a taste that would be any different from other boozy beers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not getting enough that makes me that makes it stand out and that would necessarily warrant putting all that stuff in. Okay. I mean, if they're doing it just because it's, you know, kind of local fare for that, you know, for California. If it's along the El Camino Trail. Right, right. It would, you know, it's kind of stuff sense. you would find down there. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. It's not doing it for me. Not though. tripping your trigger. Nah. Not frosting your cookies. Nope. Sam, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yay, nay, indifferent? So here are my final thoughts on this beer. I was hoping that as it warmed up, I'd, I'd start to maybe taste the uniqueness of the flavors. But at the end of the day, I'm tasting the booze, and then it's almost like I'm just tasting a mishmash of flavors. Like they're all just jammed down my throat all at the same time. And I think what this was is, I mean, there's three breweries collaborating on this beer, and I almost feel like maybe one brewery came up with a really good idea of how to make this beer, and then others, the other two breweries were kind of concerned that they weren't contributing, and so they just <laughs> wanted to add some more ingredients just for the hell of it. So that's how we got all of this. And, and it's just, it doesn't work. I mean, it's, it's a unique concept, and like I said, I've never really... I'm not, I'm not even sure what flavors I'm supposed to be getting from a fennel seed or a chia seed, but... Does you know, anybody know what that's supposed to taste like? I don't know if anybody does, but... Somebody snobby does. Somebody <laughs> in California does, but... We are not those people. <laughs> Whatever flavor I'm getting out of this beer isn't the one that I'm really looking for, and it's just it just feels like there's just too much going on in my mouth with every sip. Plus, mm. you mix that with the 9.5% alcohol, and you can just taste the booze. Like, the flavors, even though there's four ingredients in here, the, the chia seeds, fennel seeds, peppercorns, and figs, it's not enough flavor to mask the, the booze. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem for me. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's it's a unique experiment. I, I really love when breweries go and try their hand at stuff like this, but I think this one is more of a miss than a hit for me. What do you think, Adam? Well, for me, uh, the first thing I'm going to mention is something that you had mentioned previously, Sam, is in the packaging in and of itself. The packaging does not match the beer. When you when you look at the can, it, it's it's bright, it's sunny, it it definitely looks like the kind of beer that you're gonna be taking to to a beach in Southern California, and you're just gonna bury it in the sand and you're gonna enjoy it. Nice light beer, but this does not meet that expectation. Now, yes, they obviously say that it is a dark ale. You should know what you're getting into. 
Yeah, if you it, pulled that off the shelf, it would just you you kind of make the wrong choice to go into the beach. Right, mm-hmm. right, one hundred percent. For the beer itself, it's not bad. I don't hate it, but I do agree with the sentiment that you guys said that the booze taste definitely outruns the the other flavors. Yeah, yeah. Sam just said there was peppercorns in there. I didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. Like. I just completely forgot he even said that at the beginning. <laughs> it, it, to yep. me, it's it's all booze. It's not bad. It's something you kind of have to be in the mood for. Mm-hmm. If you if you are sitting down and you want to have a big boozy beer, yeah, it, it definitely fits the bill well. But if you're looking for something, pretty much anything else, no. This is, this is not what I'd be looking for. If you're looking for any sort of beer to go with a meal, if you're looking for something to kind of relax with, it, it's not doing it for me. I'm 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 not seeing it. All right. So where are you gonna put these? Put it on the pedestal. Well, to to put it on the gold medal stand, that one's kind of tough. Although I think I'm going with the Breckenridge. Okay. I think I'm going with the 72 Imperial. To me, that was the smoothest of the three. A smooth, good flavor. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The silver medal, that that is going with the Rusty Rail. It it wasn't nearly as smooth as as the Breckenridge. But it had bigger flavor and better flavor, in my opinion. Uh, if that was able to go on a nitro, and I know I keep going back to that, if it's on an, uh, on a nitro tap, I think that would absolutely knock it out of the park. Bronze for me, this El Camino Unreal. I had to be in a very specific mood for this beer. and, and You weren't in it. No, I was not in it, and I don't think I'm going to be in that mood for a, for a long time. When I am in that mood, I think it'll be pretty good. Uh, but it doesn't match the packaging. It doesn't match what is mentioned in terms of the different flavors, the chia, your fennel. It, it, I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm just, I don't have the flavor palette that I should to enjoy this beer, but I'm not seeing it. Steve, what did you think? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the uh, the Snowflyer by Rusty Rail. I'm putting that as my gold. I really liked all the flavor in that, and I like the bitterness in it as well. It came off so well, and like... I like the abrasiveness of it. It's not abrasive like the Unreal, which was boozy abrasive. And, right. hard, and you know, like, masks the flavor and everything. This was just abrasive in the way that it had, you know, a punch in the mouth with the hazelnut. And then it gave you some hazelnut and chocolate flavors. And then a little bit of chocolate bitterness. And I just kind of like the way that all flowed. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So I, I'm going to put that as my gold. Um, very close second, though, is that Breckenridge. That was a good beer. I was I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. I'll be yeah, perfectly was honest. I. Again, I'm, it's not like a top ten for me as far as stouts go, but it was a really good chocolate stout, and it had that kind of full mouth feel to it. Mm-hmm. That the snowfly the snowflyer was a little thin considering it was you know hazelnut and chocolate. Right. The Breckenridge though, that was full mouth feel, velvety that just coated your mouth. In terms of a drinking experience, exactly, it was it was better. Yeah, it's not bitter. That that one you can drink pretty much anytime you wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bronze is going to go to the El Camino Unreal. Like you said, you 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 have to be in a specific mood to kind of drink it, and it almost tricks you into buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't find those flavors. It, it promised ingredients, but I didn't find the flavors. Right, Al- and, and with some of the flavor or one of the, some of the ingredients. You don't know what the hell the flavor is supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what you're supposed to be looking for, you're not going to find it. Right. I didn't really know what I'm looking for, but I do know what peppercorns taste like, and I didn't find those either. Fair enough. You know, I know what figs taste like. 
didn't you, find I, Well, no, you find figs. Mm. I can find that. And that's all I can find. I can find figs and booze. That's not enough to, to yeah. put you over the edge. No, that's not enough. Especially considering I don't really like figs to begin with. So that's <laughs> more of a, a personal... Yeah, personal preference. Yeah, that's a, which is that's, fair. that's a personal preference that comes into it, and being that I can't find those other flavors, mm-hmm. I'm just drinking a very boozy fig beer. Sam, fair enough. All right, so for me, the gold medal is going to the GTX 5000, <laughs> <laughs> and I know we just came up with that beer, and it hasn't even been brewed yet, but it's already a winner. It's gonna be in 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 Fast Nine. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that's that's obviously gonna be the best beer Bare to go along with the best movie. No. For me, I'm definitely going to put the 72 Imperial in the gold position. I, I really liked that stout. I, I enjoyed the chocolatey flavor that it offered, uh, but it wasn't too heavy. It made me feel, you know, like I could drink a couple of those beers without getting too burnt out on the on the chocolate, which is something that that I generally don't enjoy as much if, if a beer is super, super chocolatey. So I liked that beer a lot. It was an easy drinker and I could see myself having a couple of those. Now the silver and the bronze, I mean, this could really go either way for me because I really didn't enjoy either of these beers too much. <laughs> so really it's not a tie for second, it's a tie for third. Yeah, it's really a tie for third, but I, I'm, I think I'm going to go with uh, El Camino Unreal in the silver position. Just because if I had to choose between this one and the Snow Flyer, I'd pick this one. And I, I got to give them props for Really going out there and, and creating a beer right. or using ingredients that are not commonly used in the brewing process. So, right. And you, you got to give them points for having it be a collaboration beer between three separate breweries. Right, and three great breweries. Like, I love Stone, I love Firestone Walker, and I love uh, 21st Amendment. Yeah. So three great breweries that, that tried something very unique. So even though, you know, the beer didn't fire on all cylinders like the Fast <laughs> and Furious movies, uh, you know, I, I, I still... I, I still enjoyed trying it. Won you over with creativity points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now the Snow Flyer, on the positive side, I really enjoyed the hazelnut flavor that I got up front. I thought that was really good. But at the end of the day, the bitterness on the back end for me was just a little too much. And when I have a nice porter, I think of something a little heavier, something a little more flavorful. And just to, to leave that bitter taste in my mouth was not something that I was looking for. So that today is going to grab the bronze and... That's all I've got to say about that. Okie dokie. Well, as we wrap up here, I just want to remind everybody that you can search us out with Hop Nation USA, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that'll get you our SoundCloud page as well. If you search us on iTunes, you will find Hop Nation USA podcast, and you can leave us a review. Any five-star review is really helpful for us. You can leave less, but please leave five. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to uh, talk about more Fast and the Furious or email us with any concerns about Fast and the Furious, or you just want to talk about Vin Diesel movies, you can email <laughs> us at hopnationusa at gmail.com, and we'll talk Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel, the future of the series, whatever. Exactly, and if you haven't seen the movie, for the love of God, please go see this film. Like I said earlier, it's the best film that was ever made, and you have to see it. <laughs> Would you suggest they race to the theater? Whoa! Oh, I like that. Hey, Racing out to the theater. So you guys race out to the theater, check out the movie. We're going to race out of here and play in episode 9, and we'll be back at you next week for more beer fun. I'm going to go get me some Space Nice. <laughs> <laughs>